The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to stop by, worship with us, or just stop by during the week and just check us out. We'll be blessed to have you as our guest. You can go to our website, which is www.cutemple.org or c-u-t-e-m-p-l-e.org to watch uh, past services, to get other pertinent information about our ministry, and to see how you can be connected to our ministry, and we can be of support to you from a point viewpoint of our message, our, you know, pastoral care or any other prayer ministry etc so many things that you can do on the website so make sure you check it out we're in the midst of a series titled what are you which is based upon the book what are you by melda shanklin and it's an old school unity book and we're on the last chapter now non-resistance and before i get into the chapter i promised you last week that i would tell you what would be the uh new book for the new series after this one is over and the book that I chose is open your mind and be healed by Johnny Coleman, who is the founder of Christ universal temple and the universal foundations for better living. A uh, matter of fact, we just came out of a series where Reverend Wells and our um, guest speaker, uh, the Reverend Sheila McKeithen actually taught uh, from chapters from this book. I'm going to teach the five chapters from this book I'm not going to teach next week. I'm taking a week off, and I'll start teaching the book on November 12th. But I do want to make sure that you have the option of having a couple of weeks to get the book. So whether you're listening to this live or you'll be listening to this later via podcast, you have the opportunity to get the book, Johnny Coleman, Open Your Mind and Be Healed. It's a book that's published by Divorce and Divorce Publications. And you can get it at the Christ Universal Temple website. You can get it on Amazon.com. You can get it um, at Divorce and Company's website, whatever that is. Obviously, I promote getting it from Christ Universal Temple because that helps support the ministry that she created. Now, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. So let's get to the book. The chapter we're on now is Non-Resistance. And this is a powerful chapter. All of the Chapters in this book are powerful, but I like this one because this is one of the principles that spiritual teachers across the ages have taught and not necessarily always been understood by the general population. Non-resistance, the name of this chapter, is something that people struggle with because people are always ready for the fight or flight response. But what does it mean to be able to be still and know that I am God in the midst of what we consider challenging experiences? What does it mean to have a non-resistant attitude toward an experience? What does it mean not to give power 
to a situation or person? What does it mean to really stand on the truth that you are a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law? You know, it's kind of funny when you read the teachings of Jesus, one of the teachings that aren't really quoted a lot by preachers, politicians, and people with agendas is Jesus' teachings on non-resistance. You know, it's kind of amazing that um, Jesus has been hijacked by, you know, violent gun toters talking about, you know, their right to shoot people which and warmongers and which is really against what Jesus stood for. Let me give an example. In the Sermon on the Mount, which is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, or as uh, Rocco Errico likes to call it, the Constitution of the Kingdom of God, which I love that. I love that title, the Constitution of the Kingdom of God. He talks a lot about non-resistance, and I'm just going to give you an example of some of the statements that Jesus mentioned in the book. He talks about in as far as a non-resistant attitude. He says, you've heard, this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. And I'm going to get to the chapter soon, but I just want to give you some context. You've heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to, shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, to you that if you are on, excuse me, angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or a sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on your way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown in prison. Now, that might not seem like a non-resistant conversation, but what he's saying is stop doing the things that get you in trouble, and stop thinking that your outer piety somehow overrides um, your conflict with other individuals. Now, obviously, this has a complete context of his culture. In other words, all of that stuff meant something in that culture that I'm not about to get into. There are many scholars and books that you can read that can explain that in great detail. You can, and you can also get books like the sermon on the Mount by Emmett Fox and discover the power within you by Eric Butterworth to explain that. Or you can go and listen to my old uh, lessons on the sermon on the Mount. I called them keys to the kingdom. And I explained this whole verse in great detail. But let me go give another example of Jesus' uh, teachings of non-resistance. Also found that in Matthew chapter 5, this is verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your cloak, give your, your coat, excuse me, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Now, Again, I'm not about to get into the large context of this teachings. It's not saying, okay, give away everything that you have and let somebody beat you without you responding. This is idiomatic speech. And basically saying, nip it in the bud. Literally, turn the other cheek means nip it in the bud. Okay, you see something that's about to be uh, turned into something that doesn't need to, uh, to evolve into as a situation or experience. Nip it in the bud. You know, when he talked about, you know, anybody wants to take your uh, coat, give them your cloak. That was because of the culture of the time. Again, I explained that in great detail in Keys to the Kingdom. Then he goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Just right there. You know, I often say to people in my classes, uh, to think about the last time you prayed for someone, not about them. You know, sometimes, you know, how we have issues and we're working with and I'm, you're praying about a person and about your problems or about your situations or about their problems, but actually praying for their well-being. Someone who you think is against you, praying for their highest good, praying for their prosperity, 
And I know it says, well, how in the world would a person pray for someone to prosper that is against me? Because this is the other level of, of spiritual awareness. It's understanding that those thoughts that are resistant to the other individual are actually in your mind. Therefore, they affect you. Jesus goes on to say in that same chapter. Um, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And perfect doesn't mean it's relative perfect that we're talking about. It means be mature. It means be all-inclusive with your love. So non-resistance is a position of love. It's the mental Tai Chi that refuses to absorb energy that's coming your way that you don't want to be a part of you and non-resistantly redirecting it away from you. You don't have to, just because somebody presents something to you, that doesn't mean you have to take it. Now, Jesus shows this in his behavior when he meets the situation of of, uh, what we call the Passion Week, especially in front of Pilate, when Pilate is saying, don't you know that I have the power to free you or put you to death. And Jesus basically told him, you could have no power over me unless it was given to you by my father. It was a non-resistant position of, I know who I am and whatever you think you can and cannot do to me doesn't matter because I know who I am. Now, I'm not telling you all to go out there and get crucified metaphorically. What I'm saying is, can you stand in front of your pilot, your Pontius pilot? And see the truth. Can you be non-resistant to something you think is a power in front of you. And realize it can't be a power because there's only one power. So to the book. She states on page 142. You may think of non-resistance as indifferent, spiritless yielding to whatever occurs. That's what most people think non-resistance is. Okay. If I don't stop, if I don't resist, you're just going to run me over. Now, here's the thing. Developing this type of consciousness dissolves many, if not all, those opportunities that something of someone coming to you to try to do you what you would call harm. You know, I remember Reverend Coleman saying in a sermon one day, if you're walking down the street and you see some people looking kind of funny, remind yourself and funny. She meant by that being meaning dangerous. She said, remind yourself that God will never do anything to harm himself. Think about the type of mentality you have to have to really have that realization. God will never do anything to harm. I would say itself. So since God is the truth of those individuals, even the, the, the potential muggers or gangbangers or criminals, the labels we put on people. We have to see beyond that and behold the Christ. And they might not know why they leave you alone. They might not realize why they aren't going to do what they thought they were going to do. But you are in a consciousness of wholeness that does not allow that type of energy to come your way. Back to the book. Next paragraph, it says non-resistance is stronger than resistance. Its practice requires more mind capacity than is required for resistance. Its appeal is to the divine thing in you. It is the essence of God. So it takes a strong mind to not allow the ego to expand and fight. To prove who's right. And who's wrong to decide what is true versus being false. You know, it is easy to take the position of demonizing people 
who you don't agree with. We see this in politics all the time. I have every right to firmly be against your position. I have every right to vote my conscience. I have every right to vote my interests. But what does that have to do with demonizing a person who doesn't see things the way I see them? Now, the ability to pray for the well-being of those who you think are against you frees you. Love liberates. Love liberates. Non-resistance is the position that says, I will allow the love of God in me to be my mental position. And when anyone tries to come with states of consciousness that are not consistent with that position, I'm not in the fight or flight mode. I'm in truth mode. And as long as I'm in truth mode, I will know the right outer action to do. Again, I'm not telling anybody to allow themselves to be uh, verbally, emotionally, or physically abused by no stretch of the imagination. Because that's what people think when they hear teachings about non-resistance. What I'm saying is when you are in certain levels of consciousness, certain things don't come your way. And if they do, you quickly dissipate them or you make a choice to, to, to not engage energy that could evolve into violence. Or drama. Or trauma. It's a mental position. It's really, really the submission of the personal will to spirit. One of the reasons why we don't like to be non-resistant is because we don't want to give up control. The intellect wants to run things. The personal will wants to run things. The ego wants to run things. You know, it's one of the reasons why I taught the book A New Earth earlier this year because we live in a society, meaning a society of people, human beings, where the ego is running wild, even masquerading as religion and philosophy and politics and a whole bunch of other stuff. And when you decide to live in alignment with the spirit of truth within you, Your ego is going to kick and buck like a wild horse. You might have all these questions about why is my life the way it is when it's just the ego driving the agenda and the principle of non-resistance helps people get out of the ego and into spiritual consciousness. Let's be mindful of that. This is why this chapter is so important. It doesn't make a difference if I hit every point, because I haven't hit every point in any of these chapters. The main point that I want you to get is you can step out of the ego, masquerading in its many forms, and walk into your spiritual consciousness. So we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Are you in a 
state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to give you the option to call me if you want. The number is 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. I also want to remind you that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely have received, free, please freely give. You can go to the Unity Online Radio website, click on the Donate button, and support this online ministry so we can continue spreading this ministry abroad to places in the world that don't have access to this type of teaching. Uh, there are people who contact me from all over the world letting me know how much they appreciate Unity Online Radio and what they receive from the shows and, and my show in particular at times. So I want to make sure that people are aware that this show doesn't happen in a vacuum. They have people who have to make websites. There are people who have to engineer. There are people who have to do administrative work. And ministry, you know, is funded by the support of the people who believe in the work. So if you believe in the work, support it. All right. Now, getting back to the book, she states, in the book, on page 143, resistance means to oppose. Now, that by itself, to oppose means that you believe that there's something something to oppose. See, this is one of the hard core principles of new thought. There's only one presence and one power. There is never any opposition to my good. There's only one presence and one power. There is never any opposition to my good. That allows you to be non-resistant because you realize that you're not opposing anything. You can have no power over me unless it's given to you by my father. You know, I, I love the example in the book of Acts where it talks about um, the uh, Peter was jailed because he wouldn't stop preaching uh, the gospel of the kingdom of God that he received from Jesus. And they locked him in a cell. And instead of being sad, he started to sing. And he ended up testifying to the guard who couldn't understand why would this man be happy in jail. And it says that an angel came and freed Peter and led him out. Now, I've heard many ways of teaching that, et cetera. I can give you all type of metaphysics. I kind of like Rocco Errico saying that an angel just was metaphoric, a metaphorical way of saying that someone came and helped him unlock the gate and let him out. You know, angel did not always necessarily mean 
uh, heavily being it meant someone who helped you like you say I'm, I, you know I had a flat tire and the angel stopped and changed my tire for me or fixed my flat doesn't necessarily always mean what we think it means but anyway the point of it is this he didn't allow his circumstances to create resistance in his soul so wherever he was at he was about his father's business all right Next paragraph, mental resistance is opposition. It is the animus that gives rise to physical and to the dispetuous opposition. It is the spirit that steals your mind to rule or to destroy, that sets you as adamant against or for a thing, that diffuses in your consciousness uh, pugnacity that banishes mental quietude. Now, that's a lot of work that says mental resistance is that in you that stops your free flow of your blessings because you have taken now a hard line position. That doesn't allow you to see things clearly because you've already made up your mind. About what you're fighting or what you're running from or what you're scared of or what you oppose. She goes on to say, hurts are produced by resistance. It, is, it always takes at least two to make a quarrel. Mm. You've heard it said before, it takes two to argue. Now, that's true at a level, but at the physical level, but at the metaphysical level, the argument has already happened. Because before it ever comes out of your mouth, it, it has already happened in your soul. You have already, you know, had certain beliefs, certain feelings, certain perceptions that are triggered and they express as an argument. But the argument has already happened. This is why Jesus said in, again, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Because he knew that adultery didn't start with the action. It started with the thoughts in a person's mind. See, that's the thing about metaphysics. We deal with the cause, not the effect. Effects will continually happen, which are actions, when you don't deal with what's going on in your mind. All right. She goes on to say on page 143, the things that you meet in your in life do not hurt you. They are powerless to affect you, but your reaction to them may hurt you. Your reaction to it. So things come not necessarily with the power to harm you, but based upon how you see the situation can determine if it harms you or not. Because we give meaning to everything. We give meaning to everything. We give meaning to everything. And our actions are always consistent with how we see life. Good, bad, or indifferent. So your reaction matters. And the book Success Principles or The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, he talks about a formula he uses that he borrowed from another person called event plus response equals outcome. Event plus response equals outcome. Okay, the event happen it's a fact what's my response that will determine my outcome that's taking 100% responsibility all right moving on page 146 I'm gonna jump over a few things because I want to get into some main points on page 146, she states, the universe is safe. Most people feel, like I'll say, let me retract that. Some people feel as though they live in a world that is not safe, in a universe that is not safe. So they never feel safe in their, in their own skin and in their own minds. And she states, the universe is safe. Can you live in a safe universe? 
where you're not in opposition to anything. That no one is against you. Now you say, well, I know that these people have a different position than me. I know that that person is trying to have my job. I know that person is backstabbing me. I know that person is lying on me. I know this person is working to my detriment. Okay. No one is against me. You get to decide for you what that means to you. And you might think that they have a lot of backup, but then you have to remind yourself of the story of the prophet Elisha when he was on the mountain with his servant and the army surrounded him and the servant woke the prophet up and he said, oh, my goodness, you know, you know, they've come to get us. Look at all of the soldiers they have. I'm paraphrasing the scripture. And the prophet said, more is with us than with them. And the servant is looking around saying, wait a minute. It's me and it's you and it's a legion of soldiers. And the prophet prayed, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And then the servant saw chariots with fire breathing out of the horse's nostrils, which is really a symbol of power. And what that was saying is when you are working in alignment with spiritual truth, you're in alignment with omnipotence. Nothing opposes you. Nothing opposes you. Nothing can stand in the way of your good. Except for your own mind. Why? Because God's not going to beat you over the head and make you accept the good that is already prepared for you. In the form of ideas, in the form of opportunities, in the form of potential, in the form of possibilities. Think about it. Now, back to the book. Because these are some of the things that we have to work with. He said, she writes... Non-resistance is not the line of least resistance. By following the line of least resistance, you may be able temporarily to evade a responsibility. See, sometimes we think the line of of least resistance is non-resistance. No, it's not. Non-resistance has nothing to do with you not taking responsibility for your stuff. She goes on to say, the line of least resistance may be the trek of the coward. Because you're trying to avoid something. So I'm going to get off the line, you know, the power line. And I'm using that term as a martial art term about getting off the line and coming back on it. I'm not going to explain what that means. It just came out of my mouth, so I had to explain it. But the line of least resistance many times means that you just don't want to deal with something. So that conversation that needs to be had. You're not being non-resistant by not having the conversation. That outcome you need to produce, you're not being non-resistant by not producing what you're supposed to produce. Because she tells us on page 147, when you are non-resistant, you do not oppose mentally or physically. So if you have, you think there's something opposing you if you feel as though you have to take the path of least resistance. If you look at the spiritual giants of the world, and what I mean by spiritual giants, I mean the people who have, who have produced to the extent to where they helped create a transformational shift on this planet, they never took the line of least resistance. It would have been easy for Miss Rosa Parks to just go to the back of the bus and sit down. It would have been easy for her to do that. But she didn't. And she created, through that decision, a civil rights movement. It would have been easy for those early leaders, the the Martin Luther Kings and the Mega Evers and some of the people. And I realize that this might be going outside of the United States, but I can only talk from my own context. 
it would have been easy for them to say, well, you know, let's not rock the boat. Let's not march. Let's not hold politicians accountable. Let's not make sure that people have the right to equal protection under the law, voting um voting laws that protected the rights of people to get rid of those Jim Crow laws that interfered with the ability for free citizens to exercise their choice and freedom to vote. It would have been easy to not deal with corporations that did not want to hire people of color or did not want to pay women equal uh, salaries for equal work. It would have been easy to not challenge people who didn't want people living in certain neighborhoods because the skin tone wasn't the same. People who make transformations in the world always realize that the path of least resistance is not necessarily non-resistance. Because when you are stand for, that doesn't mean you have to be a stand against anything. A stand for prosperity does not necessarily mean that excuse me you know a stand for poverty for instance i'm against poverty great are you for prosperity all right now what does that mean you know i don't have to take a stance against a thing i'm willing to take a stand for a thing so a peace rally makes much more sense than a rally of nonviolence, but see that, see that, you know, uh, but the way the human mind processes things, if you don't have a context of, of what that means, you might not really have drilled down on what does peace mean to you? What does happiness mean to you? What does safety mean to you? What does it see? Because if you can't see it, if you can't comprehend it, you can't even wrestle with the concept sometimes. You know, some, you'll get the idea. Somebody can present something to you that that is spiritually sound. And if you can't grasp it, it is of no benefit to you. This is why the teachings of Jesus, in my opinion, have been distorted. Because people don't want to deal with the hard sayings of Jesus. People don't want to deal with what it means to walk in integrity with your own spirituality. So we make it about the the outer trimmings of of the of the gospel per se, without ever going into the house. The bushes look good, but what's going on on the inside? Anyway. This is an, an important work that we have to do to be able to take a step back and literally work with our own minds. This is why I tell people that some of the uh, best books I've ever read on non-resistance are A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, which I love. The Eye of the Storm by Gary Simmons. And I'm going to teach that book next year. And, you know, some of the work by Gerald Jampolsky, like Forgiveness, the Greatest Healer of All. I love that book. These are things that, these are books that help people deal with what's going on in their own soul. The other one, oh, I forgot, is Mind of the Soul by Gary Zukov. Excellent book on having a mindset of non-resistance coming from the intent of non-resistance and your own spirituality and not the ego, not the personality, not the personal will. So those are some extra resources you can utilize to help support a consciousness transformation. It's really important. Why is it important? Your life depends on it, not your life in the sense of a after-death judgment, but I mean your happiness, satisfaction, and fulfillment right now. So we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? 
When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to remind you again that the book for the next series is Open Your Mind and Be Healed by Johnny Coleman. Open your mind and be healed by Johnny Coleman. I won't be teaching anything next week. I'm taking a week off. So I'll start teaching it on November 12th. And I want to make sure that that lands. So everyone who has an op, who has the, uh, who wants to get the book. And I'm requesting that everybody who listens to the series of any series that I teach actually get the book. The book is very inexpensive. It's about $8.95, I believe. And I'm sure There are even used versions out there floating if that's an issue. But make sure you get it. And this is a small book, and it can be read in a short amount of time. Small doesn't mean that it isn't profound. Obviously, we are learning that working with the book, What Are You? Because this book is power-packed, and it's not very large. Anyway, back to the book. Page 148, she states in the middle of the book, you you war against your own thoughts of nature, of people, of life. The universe is at peace. Your skirmishes are on the surface. They do not reach into the heart of life. If you think that you hate others, you hate merely what your imperfect vision claims to see in others. If you distrust, uh, if you dist, distrust others, I don't know why I'm butchering words today. Your distrust is proof that you doubt the integrity of the universe. If you resist anything, you but resist the opinion that you have formed in relation to that thing. That's hardcore truth. But it's telling you that you are only really dealing with your own thoughts your own feelings, your own beliefs. And it doesn't make a difference. Another Now, that doesn't mean that you don't communicate with others for clarity so you can build a common union, community, to build things together in the way as far as at work, with relationships with your family, with your friends, with the organizations you're connected to, etc. But realize that you're only really opposing what's going on in you. So when somebody frustrates you 
realize that no one can frustrate you. Only you can frustrate you. When you say somebody made you angry, realize no one on this planet can make you angry. You only make yourself angry. When you say somebody makes you sad, no one can make you sad. That is impossible. You make you sad. You're only dealing with your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own beliefs. And living with the belief that others have the ability to dictate your mood is a lie. That we have bought into. But it's still a lie. No one has power over how you behave. No one has power over what you say. No one has power over what you do. Period. All right. Now, this is important. She goes on to say on page 153, non-resistance is not mere tolerance because you know because sometimes they go okay i'll tolerate this but tolerance in and of itself is a mental position that doesn't really like what's going on so there's an inner resistance but you might think it's not worth making an issue out of it that's tolerance she states it is a positiveness that offers no opposition that does not take account of opposition See, when you tolerate a thing, you think it's something to tolerate. But there's only one presence and one power. And I know that when people hear these type of statements, they really want to know how do you make that practical in everyday life? One day at a time. Just keep growing. I'm not saying you have to get it all at once. I don't have it all. And I've never met anybody that has it all. But continue to be willing to show up and take the stand in your life for truth. Daily. Multiple times. Daily. As opportunities present themselves for you to as she states, acknowledge the real or believe the fictitious. Those opportunities don't go away because they're just appearances. They don't mean anything. They're just opportunities for you to decide. Choose you this day whom you will serve. For me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. My house of consciousness, my house of thoughts, my house of feelings, my house of perceptions, my house of beliefs. As far as me and my house, my consciousness, we will serve the Lord, the, the activity of divine law that sustains and maintains this universe. Moving on. She states on page 154, when you do not resist what you call your mental limitations, the boundaries of your consciousness expand and the veiled intelligence discloses itself. So in other words, when you stop fighting you, your brilliance starts to shine. Your brilliance will start to express. When you stop fighting yourself, your inner genius will, will be revealed. something to think about all right she goes on to say when you're non-resistant toward when you are non-resistant toward your good your good runs to meet you Mm. it's hard to believe but some people really are non-resistant excuse me resistant to their own good That's tough. That's really tough. Now think about it. I can have you ever wanted something, but all of your actions 
oppose what you said you wanted. That's called being resistant to your good. This is what I say I want, but this is what I'm doing. A person will say, well, I want a certain, I want financial independence, but I don't want to save any money. I don't want to invest any money. I don't want to tithe. I don't want to whatever, whatever the principles of finance that you work with. A person could say, I want a healthy body, but they eat fast food every day with Pepsi and cookies and never exercise, but then wonder why they can't lose weight or why their body is breaking down. What you say and what you do are different. A person can say they want to be happily married, but don't do the things necessary to make marriage work. A person can say they want a good work environment, but they take things too personal. They're involved in gossip. They're not showing up when they're supposed to show up. They're not doing the things they're supposed to be doing and producing what they're supposed to be producing, but they want promotions and they want raises. And they need to be mindful of what they're saying and what they're doing is two different things. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I was I was flipping through the channels and I saw somebody on a uh, one of those talk shows, and the woman was very resistant to what her child was saying to her, basically about her life not being there and her mama not being there. That's like every other show on those talk shows, something mama or daddy didn't do. And the mother was basically making a judgment about her having so many children and working so much. Don't judge her unless you've been through that experience. And that was a defensive position because the first thought I had was, wow, who told you to keep having all those kids by all those different men? And then want to have an issue about what you can and can't do when it comes to the responsibility of the kids you had and and being with men who are not responsible for the children they help create. Own your stuff. Don't be resistant to the lessons that need to be learned out of the process. Anyway, moving on. I might get an email about that later. Why are you picking on the lady? Because <laughs> We got to own our stuff, even when we don't like it. That's a part of transformation. Own your stuff. All right. She goes on to say, in the book, page 155. She says, if you are at all wise, you will keep yourself clear of the bigotry that rejoices in punishments or that decrees punishments. In other words, don't take satisfaction in the downfall of people, even if you feel as though they quote unquote deserve it. Don't take satisfaction in the downfall of people. Because again, that's you thinking that thought that's working in your consciousness. Now, she goes on and gives a lot of extra good stuff, and this is the last chapter, so obviously you'll want to make sure that you read the rest of the book because she has a lot of good stuff, but I run out of time. She gives three affirmations at the end of the book on page 160. The universe loves, protects, and cherishes me. Two, I am non-resistant to all the things in the universe. Thine, O God, is the kingdom. Thine is the power, thine the glory, through newborn eternities and endless processional. Amen. Now, that last affirmation might be a bit much. I just like the universe loves, protects, and cherishes me. I love that because it reminds us that we live in this I'm not present good, but we have to say yes to it. We have to awaken to it. We have to realize it for ourselves. So, uh, that's the end of the series on what are you. I hope it has been beneficial. Make sure that you order your Open Your Mind and Be Healed by Johnny Coleman so you are ready to do the work when we come back on November.
November 12th. God bless you. And I'll be back with you on November 12th with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks, so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share to be fruitful and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.